0: Welcome back to another episode of the Defending Magic Podcast. This week, we're going to be touching on our first case study. But first, a little housekeeping. As always, we are part of the Hook C-M-E-C network of content. That is the Hook Creative Media and Entertainment Company. Make sure to go follow Hook on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, etc. You can check out the website at hookcmec.com. And please go check out the Defending Magic Instagram page at... Defending Magic. Alright, so today we are going to be talking about the case where in 2016 a cast member stole over $100,000 from a restaurant at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. The cast member worked at Walt Disney World's Columbia Harbor House as a part-time cast member, I believe majority of the time. She stole $112,000 from the restaurant over a period of, I believe, two years, so the former cast member, Katie Miller, began making fraudulent cash refunds while working at the restaurant, as she admitted it was allegedly to help her cover some bills. Ms. Miller began her crime spree after being promoted to a teller at the restaurant, giving her access to the money, and I'm guessing POS approval capabilities to approve the refunds. Uh, POS, for you, those who do not know, is the point of sale system, so like your cash register. Arguably the worst part of it all, Miss Miller stated that she learned how to conduct the fraud operation from another cast member who worked at the Walt Disney Company for several years, I believe in a managerial role. The story, uh, I haven't seen anything that suggests who that cast member was, and I did not hear about any type of action brought upon that cast member by Disney. But back to Miss Miller, she was charged with grand theft, scheme to defraud, and with making false statements in relation to the investigation. This brings up the importance and really the need for dual authentication with two people physically being there for refunds and returns. This is not unique to restaurants, but is also really kind of applicable to any retail locations. I'm not personally sure how returns or refunds work with e-commerce, like internally, Uh, I'm not sure if there is some type of dual authentication process for e-commerce, but I would imagine so. Uh, So this is also applicable in that business operation. Going back to the story itself, the cast member who allegedly showed Katie Miller how to conduct the scheme, imagine how much money she stole if she was there for several years in a managerial role. And she was comfortable enough to go showing people how to commit this scheme. You have to think like, wouldn't somebody notice if she was so like out in the open about this? And did she teach other people to commit the fraud scheme? Like, how big of a loss was this? And then say she taught a cast member at that restaurant, but then they moved over to another restaurant. Like, how big was this uh, issue at, at the Walt Disney Company and particularly at Walt Disney World? How is it that such a large volume of money can go missing and fly under the radar? I suppose it speaks to the overall amount of refunds giving out at the Disney parks, but thousands of dollars a week going missing should have set off some red flags internally. I think this speaks to a couple of security vulnerabilities that at least existed at the time of the incident or over the time that the incident unfolded. First, obviously there is the issue of dual authentication. In smaller retail settings, a refund of really any sort should have another manager's approval or depending on the setting, security or loss prevention personnel should be verifying that that refund. This can get a little bit inefficient and does slow down the operational capacity of the business a bit. This becomes a question of the ratio of sales versus refunds and returns. A store or company may decide that they have such high volume of sales with relatively low refunds It may say that they do not want to invest the extra time in requiring advanced authentication policies. But overall, most refunds really should require a secondary person. If you allow, say, $200 worth of refunds a day, over the year, that number grows out to, I think, $73,000. That is a huge number that impacts the bottom line of a business. I'm not suggesting that all refunds are fraudulent by any means. But when you are talking about tens of thousands of dollars a year, and oftentimes, like in reality, hundreds of thousands of dollars, at each business point of sale, it really becomes a necessity to be monitoring refunds to make sure someone is not gaming the system. Second, internal audit softwares were likely used against themselves here. I do not have inside knowledge as to the particular audit software or policies and procedures at Disney World at the time, but I'm assuming there are, say, like parameters set up to allow for a certain range of refunds before it sets off any type of red flags. If someone on the operations side of things becomes aware of those parameters, they can gain the system by making fraudulent refunds within that window as to avoid setting off any alarms. Third, I am not saying this for sure happened in this case, but it does remind me of other similar incidents I have experienced in the field. There is often a divide between operations and security in a business. Security in this particular setting often is forced to prioritize efforts towards like frontline screening with less assets focused on proactively monitoring for theft. This becomes even more so the case when looking at internal theft. You do not want a police state culture in your company where employees feel like they are not trusted and are being constantly watched but there does have to be some regular surveillance on our internal customers or employees. This is particularly true with like companies that rely on creatives, security in these types of companies, you're there to protect the creatives to allow them to make that magic. But anyways, back to it. Security investigators are often tasked with investigating something that is reported to them. And if no one reports an activity it often does not come to the attention of investigators. So unless an investigator is allowed the freedom to go find the activity themselves, crimes will go unnoticed, assuming they don't set off any type of like audit system. Disney's security team is fantastic across the company. The blame for this case falls not only on them, but on those tasked with auditing for irregularities and Katie Miller's fellow cast members. I know in the hustle and bustle of a shift at Disney, it is hard to pay attention to what your fellow cast members are doing, but I have to imagine that the other people were aware of what was happening or at least noticed suspicious activities demonstrated by her. It goes back to the whole see something, say something thing. If you believe in your company and want to see it succeed, you have to report things when you see them. Otherwise, you're going to be hurting. The whole company is going to just continue to struggle and as I'm going to go into on next week's episode the more losses a company has the less money they can put back into like investing in infrastructure or investing in new projects so everybody who's you know wants to see new rides and stuff like that guess what if the company is you know facing all these losses that's there's less a chance that there can be any type of investment into new things and new attractions. But I digress. So I hope you enjoyed our first case study uh, this week. I think on Thursday, the blog uh, that's coming out will have links to some articles about this incident in case you want to read any further on it. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend to check out the podcast as always. We are excited to be partnered with the McKenzie Travel Company. I know travel right now, it's kind of tough with the whole global pandemic thing, but as things start to open back up, hopefully late this spring, let them help you. I personally know the founder of this company, and I've worked with her in hospitality. She's awesome. She can help you really plan vacations anywhere in the world, any type of travel. You can go to her, and she can get you where you want to go. So you can check them out at com, or call them at 407-708-3620. That's 407-708-3620. Uh, also, they are on Instagram and Facebook, I know of. So make sure to go check them out, give them a follow, let them know that uh, we sent you. Thanks for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys soon.